With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Do you need new clothes? If you're like me, then you certainly do. Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get those clothes. They got everything from hats and beanies to t-shirts and long sleeves and hoodies with more clothing coming soon. My listeners get a special 10% off using the promo code PLATTE. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. The P is capital. Link is in the description of the podcast shop. Anti-Forever USA Today. everyone and welcome back to strictly hip-hop surprise this is a classic album review and before we tell them what album we're reviewing why don't i introduce my guest mac wilson how's it going chris how's it going fans good good long time no see mac last time you've been on was the um kool-aid podcast yeah, I wow that was yeah. a long time ago middle long, of the summer middle of the summer we're currently recording this in march and you know, you'll you'll see you'll see the you'll know the date when it drops. Let's put it that way. So, without further ado, let's introduce this newest edition of the classic album, and we are reviewing Big L's "Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous," his debut album. Debut and only really released album while yeah. alive too. Yeah, only true released album. So. You kind of alluded to it, so I'll, I'll break down the background information on the album. Uh, Big L, his government name is Lamont Cole. Uh, he's a Harlem rapper. In 1990, he was discovered by freestyling in front of Lord Finesse at an autograph, like a meet-and-greet type situation. And um, in 1995, he released this debut album, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. And um, he was he was killed at the age of 24 in a drive-by on February 15, 1999. And it was believed that he was killed in retaliation for what his brother did. In fact, some people even believe that because he looks like his brother, that they were that uh, the assailant just thought it was his brother. Yeah, and he was of, wrongfully killed. Yeah, a lot of the stories were saying that um, word got out that his brother was released, and they went on the streets and they saw him thought it was his brother you know took him out and then realized that it wasn't yeah i mean you can't really do anything about it then (laughs) my bad yeah yeah man um so so 
before that, let's get back to the album um, that was released four years previous prior to that, and that is Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Like I said, it was his debut album released in 1995. It had incredible production from Buck Wild, Lord Finesse himself, and Showbiz. Um, again, he worked heavily under Lord Finesse throughout the duration of his career, ever since he uh, ever since he rapped in front of Lord Finesse and got his attention. They kind of worked together very they were they worked together and they kind of formed uh an apprenticeship kind of like a kind of like a puff with biggie type relationship yeah. you know and so um so anyways uh how we're gonna do for those of you that haven't heard the class gown this is the third installment being recorded um i don't know if it's going to be the third that drops but it's the third installment recorded so uh how we do this is we break down a few tracks we want to talk about go through go through those couple tracks we want to talk about and then we debate is this album in fact a classic or not so mac i'll let you take the lead give me one of the tracks you want to talk about today well first i would like to start with um probably mvp considering it was his most popular song to the public because it was a solo release right and um because it was kind of it was a, a door into the new the new era that he was kind of creating in a way yeah i i agree i love mvp you know uh he has that line rats my j-o-b and i'm the mvp yeah, yeah. and what he's talking a lot of like mvp saying for most val- valuable player but he considers himself the most valuable poet because he can freestyle so easily and so vividly and his his if you listen to his freestyles or any other songs that he has, his lyrics are just so extravagant. Yeah, that and, crazy legendary seven minute freestyle. Yeah, with him and um, like even the one with him and Jay Z, that's even that's like a crazy known freestyle. But like you were saying, he freestyled for Lord Finesse, and he was like, like yes, please, like come yeah, join us. Yeah. And um, Lord Finesse actually set up a freestyle between him big l and jay-z and jay-z was like all right you know like whatever i'm the best out here right now nobody can stop me and lord finesse had said in like multiple interviews that i don't think he even knew what he was getting into against him and uh big l showed up freestyled and jay-z was like yeah i'm gonna sign you yeah so yeah man um big l was an incredible talent uh while he was around and you know uh he the the MVP line you mentioned yeah the the line goes is um I'm the most valuable poet on the MIC yeah that's a chorus and it's yeah. a, it's a great chorus and yeah especially for a song that was released as a solo song great introduction catch, like coming out party exactly, yeah exactly exactly it's meant to catch your attention and and you really the vibe yeah. of the beat and the lyrics that go with it it's just it's a great song to be one of your first ever ones released yeah. I agree. I agree. Now let's talk. Um, you know, the first one I want to talk about is let's let's go to the title track. So the title track to me is very dope. Um, you know, he's got the he's got these lines. It's uh, it's just it's just a nice little short, quick, uh, just a quick track. He's just spitting over it, and he's got this he's got this one line. Um, it says it says breaking in Chris with a crowbar. I was poor. I was or I wasn't poor, I was po. I couldn't afford the OR. And, like, it just, man, that that just obviously is, like, alluding to the fact that, you know, when you're, when you're poor, you can't get the proper education. 
and you know come some of that like ebonics type slang that's where it comes from his lack yeah. of education and so he had all these uh just crazy lines in that record and that's one of my favorites and i'm always a fan of title tracks like i always feel like title tracks really set the story or like tie the theme together mm-hmm. and i believe that that was a great uh that was a great record for that, so that was one that I totally, totally recommend. Oh, yeah, I agree, and it, it also kind of shows that as his debut album, he wasn't afraid to do what he wanted on it. Yeah. Like, to put a um, a name track on it, like, it's, it's very risky to do. Yeah. Because it can either be really bad or really good, and he, he did it perfectly. Yeah, because with the title track, like, it's expected to it's expected to tie in the theme it's expected to you know be a statement about the album Mm -hmm. and you know title tracks come with that kind of pressure because if if it's not executed right then it's just it just yeah it's weird throws the whole album off. yeah it's weird so um, and especially where it was placed i think it's what like uh it's like ninth i think yeah Yeah. it's not the middle and it's not the end yeah it kind of like helps you understand him more as you finish off the album yeah 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 yeah. and it wasn't even started as an intro it started as um you know yeah like you said it was it was towards like the middle of the album so it kind of it kind of just like tied in everything that you heard from up to that point and then led into everything that you heard towards the end so as far as like the as far as where it is in that album um the concept of it just the lyrics of course i mean big l has you'll notice as we go on and talk about this that the lyrics are a very strong a shining moment of the entire album essentially and so that was one of the tracks that stood out to me so go ahead mac uh what's another one you want to talk about uh another one that stood out to me later as i was listening to big o is street struck um this song talks about basically life on the streets and like how dangerous it really could be not just in a specific area but as a whole yeah and um what really connected me to this song is i was watching an interview with mac miller and he stated that he really loved and like was inspired by big l and like if it wasn't for him he probably wouldn't have started and he's even got big l tattoos and stuff like that and it's just really crazy to see like this guy only released one album and but, he made such a big impact yeah you know and even the albums that were released that we were talking about his his next album uh that was released in 2000 and even though he died in 99 he pretty much had it all put together he just yeah. didn't release it yet yeah or at least that's what i would like to believe and assume yeah. considering there was only like a year left yeah um to to have that one come out and still have such a big impact it's it's crazy to see and street struck is kind of a a view into his world but not yeah. just his but everybody who is yeah he makes it relatable he makes it personable but relatable at the same time exactly i I agree uh and then as far as like the you know you touch on like the concept of it so i want to touch on the other side of it which is like he had this he he had this hard double time flow and he switched up and he kept switching up his flow mid verse and everything but he always stayed on beat and as far as the production goes it was just a very dope boom bap um with a nice little sax sprinkled in the beat on the hook Mm -hmm. um and you know i i i really like that song that is that is probably one of my favorites off the album i like it i like what you said about it um as far as 
as far as the concept of it and making it relatable. It's it's a, it's a really dope track because I think that one of the things that's underrated about this album is his storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, well, oh, and that's oh, what freestyling yeah. usually is is like just a story stretched out yeah. between these extravagant words and the right. way he does it is is just beautiful. Yeah, and especially like you were saying with the beats, we talked about it earlier. The the album as a whole has some of the most relaxing but like fluent beats that you yeah. could have on an album. And the way that Big L matches his style to it is just impeccable. Yeah, because he has a, an aggressive like voice. voice and, but yeah. Um, okay, so one of the tracks I wanted to talk about was Eight Is Enough. Now, this is one of my truly, truly favorites off here because it's like a dope cypher. It's got eight artists, Big L, Tara, Herb McGruff, uh, Buddha, Buddha Bless, Big Twan, Kill Cam, Trooper J, and Mike Boogie. And, you know, not, while a lot of those names haven't really stood the test of time, um, they are, like, like if you're a hip-hop head, these are yeah. these are some really dope names to be thrown into one mm-hmm. uh, cypher. You know, Herb McGruff, of course. Uh, and, you know, it's just, like, again, the, the whole album's very boom-bap, but this one has a nice, deep bass to it. Just, like, it's just such a, like, classic East Coast beat. And, you know, every rapper brings it. But once again, man, Big L is the best. And I think, man. like, I think this just really shows his talent because, you know, I mean, with guys like Killer Cam, Herb McGruff on the mic, and, like, Big L, this kid who's, uh, what is he, like, 20 at the time. Yeah, he'd be, is, like, 20, 21, yeah, maybe. At yeah, most. yeah. And and at, the, at that age, just this young kid is just out here, like, you know, like, really performing, really... Mm-hmm like, outdoing all these other names and, you know, really has, like, this strong presence and everything. And, yeah, Big L, that was, that was, that was, he was the best on that, on that record. And I thought that that really showed just how lyrically talented he is because that was, like, a very competitive record. You know, when you have eight dudes in a cypher and you're on top, you know, that's well, yeah, and very impressive. One of the um, articles I was reading from Lord Finesse said, um, Big L was like, I want all of, you know, my homies on one track. And yeah. they were like, well, that's a lot of people. And he's like, well, I mean, I can get it done. It's no problem. And what's even more amazing is that there's eight dudes on a five-minute song. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah, There's exactly. so many on just such a short amount of time. And it, I don't even realize it sometimes. It just flows together so yeah, well. Yeah, it it's, does. It's crazy. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Eight Eight is enough. One of my favorites off off the album. So if you're a hip hop head, you're into that cipher world. Definitely check that record out. Um, go ahead and give me one of your other tracks that you wanted to talk about, Mac. Um, we'll talk about Danger Zone. Okay. Danger Zone is strictly formed around his living environment. Um, he refers to the Danger Zone as. 139 Atlantics, and that is like the street where he grew up, where he lived, where he yeah. was actually killed, and where he did all of his, you know, work. And um, the the coolest thing about this song is that it has been immortalized around him. Yeah. So like, if you go to 139 Atlantics, there is a mural on the wall of Big L, and like people go there all the time. And actually, Mac Miller went there like late at night and um cameron pulled up and was like what are you doing here because yeah. he had posted something on social media or whatever stating that he was like walking around 
Big L's hometown and yeah. Cameron rolled up and was like, look, like you can't be doing yeah, this. You can't. And he was like, you know, he, he just had so much respect and like love for Big L that he just needed to be there at that time. And it's crazy that he was because Cameron pulled up and then later in Mac Miller's album, Cameron shows up yeah. and is featured on it. And it's, it's a crazy connection and the danger zone just gives you a full insight on Big L's life and like how he's been living for the past, you know, however long having to deal with crime and other things just in this one little area. Yeah, I agree. Um, We kind of, we kind of flipped roles. Usually I'm the one that likes to talk about the more conscious records. Um, But, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought these, these two records up. Um, They were definitely talking points in my opinion and, you know, street struck, as as well as as well as Danger Zone, and these songs just overall like once again they they really they really just show that he wasn't just a rapper like he had storytelling mm-hmm. he had that ability to take like I always say the great artists the great what separates the great artists is they can take you places yeah you know and he can take you places with records like mm-hmm. these well and like he says in MVP the most valuable poet like he doesn't just tell you a story he like illustrates it he'll give you detail without you needing to like really look into it and being a freestyle artist he knows exactly what he has to say in order to get you thinking or to get you visualizing what he's talking about and that that was just crazy for me through this whole album is being one of my like not one of but being my favorite album it always gets me thinking like not just the one time like and i just listen to it because i love it like every time i listen to this album i think you're thinking yeah yeah Yeah, and he he definitely had that impact and so i'm glad you brought up i'm glad you brought those two records specifically um but another another record i wanted to talk about was just really quickly because it's you know just kind of like a fun track is uh, no ends, no skins, mm-hmm. and essentially it's just like this this dope track about getting money get, to get hoes and everything, and uh, just like this nice jazzy instrumentation. Once again, like there's there's a, a few moments where jazz is like kind of sprinkled in on this whole on this whole album, and um, this is this is one of them. And you know he's just rapping about. Uh, he's just rapping about money, like and and bitches and everything. He's like, let me get to the point real quick. When your pockets are thick, mad chicks be on a brother's tip, uh, and he just he's playing with all these. He's playing with all these, you know, um, like stereotypes as far as as far as women go and everything, and it's just it's just a playful like braggadocious. Yeah. You know, this is that this is that fun rap. Like, we'll we'll get to this later in, in terms of like the overall perception of the album being dark. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a lighthearted moment. Yeah, well he he really like when he first showed the album off, a lot of people were like, You need more, you know, yeah. relaxing songs and this was one of them. But he released this as one of his solo songs with M V P and put it on and put it on and MVP did very well top 25 but this one got barely any recognition which was kind of hard for me to believe but at the same time it's not it's not as deep of a track it's just more of a filler track it's yeah. it's something that you listen to and you enjoy it you don't really like you don't dig yeah yeah exactly. yeah it's a very it's, it's surface right level yeah. yeah it's a very surface level record yeah 
I agree. I just think in terms of the context, and we'll get to this later when we talk about the overall album, is that like the these are moments that are like that show his ability to construct albums because when you're making a dark album, you know, for example, a blank face, when you're making a a dark album like that, you need light moments like mm-hmm. uh that song with what's that song called with uh with Candace um oh whatever you want like you know like moments like that like that part like people didn't understand how Kanye West in that part is just you know just saying okay 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 and everybody's just like what is he doing but really it's like it came right after Lord Have Mercy which was a very deep cut and so like you kind of need like humorous or light-hearted moments to balance out what is like the overall dark perception so that's why I wanted to talk about it um and then you got one more. We each got one more track. So go ahead and get into your last track you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, the the last track I saved because it's the the song that actually got me into Big L, and I honestly don't even remember know or remember how it really happened. But I was just you know surfing YouTube. Yeah. And got lost. Right. And stumbled upon this song. Put it on by Big L, and I was like, okay, you know, like. I'll listen to it. It's, I'm at work. I've got nothing better to do. Right. And I put it on, and it was, it was just insane. Like he, it's not that deep, and it's not like that crazy, but it is. Like he, he tells you everything you need to know and like that you need to hear, but there's a deeper meaning to it all. Yeah, I I'd agree. Uh... And he's got just these hard lines on here, like. I mean, yeah, like got thirty-five bodies, yeah. buddy. Don't make it thirty-six. Exactly. Step that to this, a... you're good as gone. Word yeah. is bond. I leave Mike's torn. I put it on. Yeah, like, like yeah. Geez, that, that's man. funny you say that because that was the, the exact lyrics I was gonna pull up. Yeah. Oh uh, my god! And my favorite lyric by Big L ever is like, and he, and he has like this special talent of bringing humor into a serious note where he says. I smash mics like cornbread. You can't kill me. I was born dead. Yeah. Like, that's that's so deep, but, like, smashing mics like cornbread, like, that's, it's that's humorous, humorous yeah. but it's also, like, damn, like, this guy means business, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, this is definitely, like, a like a statement record like MVP was, and it's dope that he started out the album with these two records together. Yeah, well, even the three, he he put all three of his first songs out, put it on as his first MVP, yeah. the second, and No Skins, no or No Ends, No Skins, and they're all three, like, normally when somebody releases a song, yeah. it'll be, like, middle of the track, or yeah. the first one, or maybe. Or it'll be what what is their, their, what turns out to be, like, their hit record. Exactly, and, exactly. But for, for him, he just put them all out there and was like, you're gonna like the rest of it anyways, so yeah. there's no point in, like, hiding it. Yeah, I I agree, man. This was this was a dope um this is a dope record, uh you know, and I I know I sound repetitive agreeing with you all the time, but we but we both definitely really like this album. Um so the last track I wanted to talk about was All Black because I believe that's one of his hardest verses, that's maybe dark. his hardest. Yeah. That's a dark song. Very, very dark. Um you know, uh, he starts off, and man, the way he just starts off, that was where I want to start. He's like, yo, once again, it's the big L, that kid who got much props from killing corrupt cops with mother with motherfucking buck shots. Like, he just starts, he just <clears throat> starts out, and, 
and he says you might be kind of big but they make coffins in your size too Mm -hmm. like yeah again he's just man he's just uh it's just, and and then he had this one line at, at rappers where he's like, if you want me to write you some raps, G, just ask me. Because on, on the shelf is where your your LP cold stood because it was no good. That shit ain't even go wood. Yeah. Damn. Like, I mean, with multiple interviews between everybody from his original rap group, um, DIT, well, not original rap group, DITC, his original one was NFL, um, but... DITC consisted of Lord Finesse, Fat Joe, yeah, uh, Buck Wild. It was a great group. Beautiful. Yeah, a lot of the crew that Big L ran with. Exactly, yeah. And they originally listened to this album, and they were like, you can't put this out. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is insane, dude. Like, you're talking about killing cops. You're talking about, yeah. like, being the devil's son, like, murder, like, yeah. rape. Like, this is insane. And, and a lot of people do believe that Big L started horrorcore rap. And I mean, even lower down in the lyrics, like, because yeah. if Big L got AIDS, every cutie in the city got it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's insane, man. And, and AIDS is so, so, like, and at that time, especially, it was so taboo. Because, I mean, this was just after Eazy-E. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not and even. so it was, like, or no, this was, very I'm, I'm controversial. Sorry, this was right about. around the time mm-hmm. of Eazy-E. Because Eazy, I believe, died in 97. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I believe yeah. 97, because I think it was Pac 95, Big 96, Easy 97. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I mean, it was like a newer... Yeah, and but phenomenon. it was so taboo. I mean, this was like the time when Magic Johnson was dealing with mm-hmm. it, too, and everything. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, all of these, like, things sort of just happened to align, and, you know, he, <laughs> and it just shows the recklessness, like... AIDS now is like is like a cult like a joke in culture, but mm. like back then, back then it that was, like, was if you talked about that it, was a like, serious yeah, yeah that was a serious thing like and especially he said he brings it up multiple times yeah like um I remember he says uh, I don't wear rubbers bitch if I get AIDS fuck it like yeah that's that alone is hardcore too you know yeah. and um when he when they first presented it to DITC, they were like, we don't know, like, this is kind of yeah. satanic, like, this is iffy, man, but his record, um, or his, his, um, art, or his, what is it called, his signer, I will yeah. just say that, his signer, because I'm not for sure what it's called, anyways, he was, like, this super white guy, Yeah, his, they like, walked in his there, his label and, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, they walked in there, played it for him, he was like, wow, like, this is awesome, and and everybody in there like Lord Finesse even is just like what like what like are you serious? And he's like yeah, this is great. This will you know really really get people going. And it's kind of like how Dr. Dre looked at Eminem, where yeah. he's saying whatever he wants to say, and people are going to listen to it. People love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. like they want to hear dark Controversy. things. Yeah, because they deep down we all have dark. Humor. Yeah, you need to hear it yeah. sometimes, and. He even says in the line, um, put his brains in the street and you can see what he was just thinking. Like, <laughs> like some of the lyrics that he says are just so, they're right there, yeah. but they're so much deeper than yeah. that. And that's what I really, really do like about Big L. Yeah. And so I, so this is why, this is why, I, um, this is why I'm glad I saved this for last because it tied in with what I was making earlier with no ends, no skins. So 
as we just talked about the overall album and this will transition into our overall thoughts of the album and if this is a classic or not and so again again it's it's just this album is so is it has so many dark lines mm-hmm. um again <laughs> even as this one humorous line that i forgot to mention uh, I just want to say this real quick before I get back on on point. I know it's a little off point, but this ain't Cali. It's Harlem. We do walk by. Yeah, like, <laughs> ba- n- like not yeah. only starting beef but ending it at the same time. Yeah. Like, come on, not, we don't care. Like, yeah. And so, anyways, um, I just wanted to point that line out. Uh, it went a little, a little off topic. I digress. Um, anyways, so with this album being so dark and having all these lines about. AIDS, which is so taboo at the time, and, you know, talking about, like, killing corrupt cops and all these things that are, like, very controversial, if you will. Um, he he did it, but then he he balanced it out with songs like, like No Ends, No Skins, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, very surface level, very fun, very light heart. And you, again, you need these in, in terms of, album, like, To Pimp a Butterfly, one of our favorite albums ever. Mm-hmm it wouldn't be the same without for free, which is weird True. because that's probably one of the least, that's probably one of the records you least listen to off the album. Yeah, and like least talked about, least yeah. favorite. But you need those like humorous, fun moments because mm-hmm. like the rest of the album is very dark. You yeah. Know? You need complexion to go with Black or the Berry. Mm-hmm. And then you need, uh, and then you need um, uh, the, the, you ain't gotta lie after the Black or the Berry. Like you, you know, like, like, like there's emotion when it comes to listening to albums and everything. And so you have to do a good job of controlling emotions. And that's one of the things I think he did, but overall Mac, I'll let, I'll let you start with, with your, um, I'll let you start with your thoughts and we'll, we'll spark this debate right now to, to close the podcast is big L's debut album lifestyles of the poor and dangerous, a classic hip hop album. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't really consider it, con- like, seeing that it is one of the first horrorcore, and yeah. the way that it's, the way that he raps, and the way, like, the things that he talks about, but structurally, it's beautifully put together. Yeah. For the, like, even for the time being, like, the lyrics match the beats. Yeah. The songs, per- they don't flow into the next one very well. But I mean that wasn't really the style, but they do enough yeah. to like keep you connected. They don't sound out of place. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, two, it's I mean, it's his debut album and it's basically him saying, like, I don't care, I'm gonna say what I want, you're right. gonna listen to it, you're gonna like it, I'm gonna make more, and it's just gonna be great. Uh another reason is it's Big L, his freestyles were impeccable. Like, it's a way for you to hear what he sounded like in the streets and, like, what people were thinking of him. I mean, you got people, like, we were talking about Nas. Yeah. Nas was terrified of this album coming out because he was like, this guy is going to take over. And this was the dude that just dropped Elmet. Yeah, like, his greatest album. Like, yeah. He just dropped and he's, like, worried that some other guy is going to come in with his debut album and yeah. ruin his career. Like, that's insane, man. Um, another reason is he opened the window for artists yeah like he showed people like you don't have to just talk about um like drugs or like fighting or like this like you can talk about whatever you want he 
calls himself the devil's son multiple times in this, and people were like, okay, like yeah, that's fine. But even like Lord Finesse was saying, dude, are you sure you want this to be your image? And he's like, I just don't care. Yeah, like this is this is what I want to do, and I'm gonna do it. You know. And um, one of his phosphorus albums was actually called, I believe, The Devil's Child, or was it The Devil's Son? I believe it's The Devil's Son. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the times he mentions um, The Devil's Son, um, Mommy, Big L is coming to get me. Like, those yeah. are some lyrics that he has. And um, just multiple people look back on him in the rap community and say, like, he was taken too soon. He had, like, such good talent. I mean, Eminem brings him up. In the yeah. same lyrics as Big L and Big or er, uh, Tupac and Biggie, like he says, yeah. sprinkle a little Big L on top and what yeah. you got. Yeah, great song, great like set of lyrics. Yeah, Mac Miller, like I said, brings him up. Uh, Cameron praises him. Lord Finesse, like multiple people bring him up. Like even Jay Z said, like I wanted him longer than I had him. Yeah, you know, you and wanted it sucks. to sign him. Yeah, which yeah. you well, alluded he, to earlier. Yeah, he he like. He did sign him, but it wasn't, like, really official. Yeah. And that that whole thing was a big controversy as well, but I believe that it's a classic album because it's inspired so many people. It's still relevant today. Yeah. And he started horrorcore. Yeah. Okay. See, now we have a lot of the similar thoughts, so I won't go too far in depth with it. But, yeah, I believe this album was a pioneer in that hardcore rap. Then you combine that with, I love the production on it. The production is flawless to me. Um, very, like, set it, it sets a time in place. Like, mm-hmm. like you could tell listening to it, this is New York 90s yes, hip-hop. Yes, absolutely. Like, you hear it and you know. Absolutely. You just, it's just, it's just that, it, it's so great that, that that he did the production like that. And, again, you could just, you could just tell right from the bat, track one to, I believe it's 16, or... How many tracks is it again? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, and so either way, track the first track to the last track is New York hip hop, and I love and I love that about the album. Um, I don't know why 16 sounds it doesn't sound right to me. Um, 12. 12. Okay, 12, yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, 12. And so, um, yeah, and it's amazing because it you have this dope production, then you have Big L rapping. This whole album, he's rapping his ass off, and he's never offbeat, and he always has the best verses on every song, despite having features from Lord Finesse, the song with Jay-Z that we didn't even talk about, which mm-hmm. was which is Dope, The Graveyard. Yeah, and, and, um, and we were talking about that, too, like, Jay-Z, or Big L inspired Jay-Z to kind of have a more horror side to him. Yeah. And that was one of Jay-Z's bigger features because he had only been featured back then. He wasn't really, like, putting anything out himself. Right, right, yeah. And this so, was on the come-up of Jay-Z. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so Big L was just, like, this this crazy um, this crazy artist that, like, kind of brought out, like, the darkness in a lot. And, and again, you spoke on it. You spoke on it, too. Like, his, his impact in the industry is amazing i mean he's inspired many artists like mac miller who you said dave east um kendrick lamar has mentioned him in praise with the way he's with the way he just rapped eminem i think eminem is a a huge product of big l oh yeah absolutely i mean if you hear most of eminem's lyrics they talk about you know similar things yeah 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 it kind of like paved the way like like Big L's kind of like I don't want to say like he opened the door for Eminem and that Eminem wouldn't be Eminem. I'm not saying no. that, but like as far as like the inspiration, like this was like 
the first kind of sneak peek into what M M did, and then mm-hmm. because then '97 Slim Shady LP comes out, and that's just that's that's, that's pretty dark. much a reincarnation yeah. of Big L, just not as like yeah. satanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, again, uh, uh, he he definitely like you can definitely see his inspiration on Legends. And again, you talked about how. All the praise he got from his peers, like Biggie, Hove, Nas, like all mm-hmm. these people, like praised Big L. Yeah, like it's it's crazy to see an article where not just like Jay Z wanted to be featured or like these other, but like Biggie wanted, Nas yeah. wanted, Tupac is even on his second his, album, yeah, right? His second one that was released like right after he passed away. But I mean, like people were contacting him like he wasn't yeah. going out and be like hey can i feature like they were like dude we need you on this album because you're that good yeah. and like but even then people were afraid to have them have him on their album because he just steals the whole song yeah and it's it's incredible to see grown like popular rappers be afraid of a newcomer yeah because he's that he was good. only 20 at this time mm-hmm. and you know he died at the age of 24 and so you know, we don't really know what his career could have been, but yeah, he just had this presence on every record too. And like the greats always have a presence on, on their music. Like, mm-hmm. like they can, like Tupac, that's why like the cases, you know, a lot of people don't say he's the greatest, but you know, they, they acknowledge him as a great. And to me, he's, he's definitely in that conversation because he had this aura. He had this. Mm-hmm. I talked about in the Tupac classic album review. If you missed that, check it out because it's dope. And he just has this aura where he makes you feel everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. And I think Big L had that to a similar extent, to a lesser extent. And so, to me, this is this is no doubt a classic album. The only flaw you can argue is is the lack of sales. But you know, as we talked about in the podcast with Kenneth Inge. Uh, Ken, Ken and I talked about how sales don't really portray anything as mm-hmm. far as um, as far as industry industry impact is way more valuable than sales. Let's put it to you that way. And again, the inspiration um, to artists like Mac Miller, Dave East, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, you know, Biggie, Hove, Nas. These guys are you know like some of these guys are middle tier rappers, that, uh, and some of them are legends like like Eminem, like like Biggie, like Hove, Nas. These guys are. You, you, those four names are four of like the top like ten greatest rappers, yeah, easily. and they are inspired by, by Big him, L. Yeah. And, and so, like even, even like we're saying, people came eight is enough, eight yeah. different artists on one, and he still stood out as yeah. the best. I mean, even with Jay Z and Lord Finesse, Lord Finesse is amazing. Yeah, easily one of the greatest freestylers, like lyricists of all time. Right, and to have Big L still show both of them up and be like. Like, that's fine whatever yeah. like i'm gonna do my thing you're gonna do your thing we're gonna make a great song but i'm still gonna be the top dog on this song you know yeah so and like you were saying with sales by 2000 he had 200,000 copies sold but yeah. i mean if you go to his area in harlem he's praised he's yeah if he's you go to certain areas like even probably in compton he's praised yeah like, he's just such a good personal artist yeah. that you can connect with him and you can say like all right, like, I have those thoughts, and he's just the one that says them, you know? Right, and so I I agree, and, you know, we'll end it with that. We both believe that this is a classic album, so 
hereby on the Strictly Hip Hop Podcast, we have certified that Big L's debut, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, is a classic album. Mac, thanks, Mac, thanks for coming on again because it's been a while since yeah, you've been on. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be back. You know. Yeah, this was actually take two of the podcast because we recorded one yeah, last summer, I'm, but this I'm glad we changed. did it over again though. Yeah, that one we were kind of flustered and everything was happening yeah. pretty fast. And yeah, that I was... feel like we got a good amount of knowledge out on this one. Yeah, to that one, I so. agree. I so agree. you're welcome, guys. <laughs> so, so you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. So Mac. Why don't you tell the people, as always, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on um, Twitter, MacAttack051, Snapchat, BigDaddyMac52. <laughs> I'll probably be listening to Big L a lot lately now since I've talked about this album and I just want to binge listen to it. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll put some stuff on my story. Feel free to contact me about you know doing more podcasts. Uh, oh yeah, give, you're definitely yeah. gonna come back on soon. Yeah, give me once summer comes. Give me some ideas to talk to Chris about. You know, give us some more topics. We need we need stuff to think about. Yeah, but um, yeah, check me out. Check him out. Check him out. A dope hip hop dude. Good friend. Glad he's on the podcast. Now you guys know where you guys can find me. I'm gonna cut to the chase. You know, you can find me on Twitter at Crispy1132, same as Snapchat. But, you know, it's just simpler to Google Chris Platty. Because now I have, um, I've been telling people, I've been telling people that on the last few podcasts because it's the easiest way to find me. You Google search Chris Platty. Platty is spelled P-L-A-T-T-E. The first four things that come up are my Facebook profile, my Twitter, my iTunes podcast, as well as my Podbean podcast. So, very easy. You Google search my name. Everything comes into place very easily. You can click and subscribe. Uh, Podbean's obviously for Android users. The Apple, the Apple um, iTunes is obviously for people with, with Apple phones. And uh, Facebook and Twitter, those are, those are the two social media sites that, I, that I'm most active on. Um, and again, the Twitter handle is also the handle for Snapchat, so you can check me out on there where I give uh, behind-the-scenes previews uh, both as I'm recording and bef- as I'm editing slash getting ready to upload. So the people will stay tuned for that. And also, I release podcasts every Tuesday and Thursdays. Tuesday is an NBA, NBA podcast, and uh, Thursday is a hip-hop podcast sprinkled in with these classic album reviews as well as whatever. Those are surprise podcasts that are launched um, at surprise times on the anniversary of the album. So once again, this is the anniversary of Big L's album. I believe it's the uh, yeah, it's the twenty second. It's the twenty second year. Wow, the twenty uh, yeah, the twenty second anniversary yeah. of Big L's album. So, thank you guys for listening. This is strictly hip hop. As always, uh, whatever platform you choose to follow follow me on, please uh, share, subscribe, contact me on Twitter, or Facebook, anything. Um, I'm always like like Max said. I'm always looking for new content, new ideas, and your thoughts and comments could air. I'm gonna be doing a podcast soon where I, uh, where I read off all the reviews because I've been getting a lot of good reviews lately, and I wanna, and I wanna put those out there and acknowledge the people that did it. So, so hurry up and get a review in for me, and uh, I'll read it. I'll read it on one of the next podcasts, one of the upcoming podcasts. So, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Strictly Hip Hop. Chris Platty here with Mac Wilson. See you guys.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.